my name is JD, and you're listening to the Sex Within Marriage Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to handle one of my reader questions that came up uh, during February or March. I'm not quite sure which. And I started answering it along with all the other ones, and this one just kind of kept going and turned into its own blog post. So as a result, I'm trying to uh, do podcast episodes with all the blog posts, and so we're going to do one with this one as well. And frankly, I have to start getting used to doing more and more podcasts because we're getting closer and closer to our uh, supporter goal of $500 a month from our supporters, uh, at which point I had promised I will do a weekly podcast. Uh, we're only about $105 short of it, so that's pretty much 80% of the way there. So I kind of have to get used to doing more and more podcasts. So if you'd like more podcasts, if you'd like weekly podcasts, uh, check out our support page at uncoveringintimacy.com slash donate, and you can push us over our goal, and then you get weekly podcasts. As well, if you contribute, then you get to access to our forum, and you get to see these questions as they come in and become part of the discussion. And that discussion often becomes part of my posts and podcast episodes because, well, you guys have some really great ideas. As well, I wanted to share a uh podcast review that i saw on itunes it was actually given back in march and i didn't see it because uh, itunes doesn't bother to inform me when i get a new review uh, and they don't come in very often so i don't check very frequently but this one said uh, our podcast was excellent and helpful they said terrific podcast so thrilled there's a place on the web to get good new kind loving and helpful information on this topic seldom addressed thanks jay uh you're very welcome I love doing this. It's fun. Um, so thanks for the review. Uh, thanks for the comment. Uh, and if you haven't reviewed our podcast yet and you like listening to it, please do. Uh, it's how people find us and uh, learn about our blog and podcast. And that in turn helps us put more stuff out. With that all said, let's get into the question. So this reader asks, how do you stay interested in your spouse long-term? I'm 28 and my wife is 25. We've been married three years and have a couple of kids. It's just really hard to get excited physically about sex. We're both a little overweight. It's not my drive though. When I'm at the office, every female that walks by sends my drive into orbit. Is this normal or is there something you have to do to be happily married forever? So first off, is this normal? Uh, unfortunately, yes, it's fairly normal. Is it okay? No. Uh, does it have to be? Um, your experience? Definitely not. Uh, the problem with asking what's normal in a predominantly non-Christian and sinful world is that uh, what's normal is rarely what's right. So to start, uh, someone in our supporter forum said uh, there's a big difference between the biblical concept of love and what our society says love is. And uh, our society says love is a feeling and feelings can't be controlled. And ultimately you have to, you know, quote unquote, follow your heart. In other words, you are controlled by your emotions, which you can't change. Our media and culture and everything basically make us a slave to our emotions. Now, the biblical concept of love is completely different. Uh, we are told to master our emotions, to use them to guide us, but not to control us. Uh, we are to control them, actually. I have an entire blog post uh, dedicated to just this concept, uh, which I will link to in the show notes, and I'll try to link to it in the podcast episode description as well. Uh, as well, uh, love is not an emotion biblically, but a choice. You know, we choose to love. 
I have another blog post on that, which I'll link to as well. Uh, yeah, we choose to love, we choose who to love, we choose how to love them. Uh, most marriage vows include this promise of love, which is impossible if love isn't a choice. So on the one hand, our society knows that love is a choice, but they don't want it to be because they want to be able to just use love as a uh, get-out-of-jail-free card. Oh, it wasn't me. I was following my heart kind of thing. So we don't have to be slaves to our emotions or attractions. We can choose to love and who to love. And when that happens, you will find that physical appearance has very little to, little to do with sexual attraction. It doesn't matter that you are both a little overweight. I did a survey uh, a little while back that showed that 96% of husbands and 93% of wives said that they're as attracted to or more attracted to their spouse now than when they first met. Survey respondents for that survey, they ranged in marriages that were week old to marriages that were a half a century old or older. Uh, there were people that had medical issues, some that didn't, some had children, some didn't. Uh, it, it didn't seem to make much of a difference. Those that chose not to love, uh, they don't tend to stay married uh, very long, or they live out their marriage in a sort of kind of living hell. So uh, what can you do? Uh, I had found this quote uh, recently uh, when I was working on a sermon that I preached a few weeks ago in my home church, which I'm also going to be recording a podcast episode about. Um, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, you can find the whole quote on the website if you want. Uh, but this one paragraph was, a husband and wife should cultivate respect and affection for each other. They should guard the spirit, their words, and the actions so that nothing will be said or done to irritate or annoy. Each is to have care for the other, doing all in their power to strengthen their, strengthen their mutual affection. Now, this was written by someone called Ellen White in the 1800s, um, but it's, and it was a response to a letter uh, asking, well, under what conditions can I divorce my spouse? And she basically said, you know, un under very few conditions, uh, instead, you should put all your effort into actually building up your marriage. Uh, that would be far more profitable. Now, some would say that uh, you're looking at other women is kind of a, the grass is always greener at the other side sort of scenario, but I prefer the adage of the grass is always greener where you water it. So here's some some tips from our supporters forum on how to stay in or interested, basically how to water your own grass. Number one is to focus on your spouse. Uh, Proverbs 5 verses 15 to 21 has this whole passage uh, basically telling men, uh, it starts with drink water from your own cisterns and running water from your own well. Uh, it's this whole thing about basically, um, you know, focus on your wife, focus on your spouse. Uh, don't look at other people because uh, it will just distract you and uh, ultimately destroy you. And it's not wrong to notice that other people are attractive. You can't control that. Uh, everyone is tempted. Even Jesus was tempted. But it's how we respond to that temptation that's important. Uh, we are not to give it a foothold in our minds. If you start dwelling on these other people, that's on you. At that point, you're already starting into marital unfaithfulness ter territory. Actually, I'll go as far as to say that you're already committing adultery at that point. At the moment that you start giving these thoughts a foothold in your mind and start dwelling on the noticing. You know, I think we need to stop sugarcoating all these things and uh, at the same time recognizing just how sinful we all are. If we all admit that we violate our marriage vows on a daily basis in a hundred different ways, whether it be not focusing on our spouse or choosing not to love them or withholding ourselves, be it physically or emotionally, 
then maybe we can simultaneously hold each other and ourselves more accountable and have more compassion and forgiveness for others. Because I'm kind of getting really tired of people arbitrarily deciding uh, what is and what isn't being unfaithful based on what uh, they don't want to be held accountable for. Um, you know, some people will say, oh, well, you know, it's only it's only unfaithful if you have sex with them uh, because in the meantime, they're fostering an emotional connection with someone other than their spouse that's improper. So instead of you know, starting down these paths where you get into these areas where you're starting into marital unfaithfulness, which frankly, it sounds like you're already on that path. Um, instead, focus on your spouse. When someone else tempts you, then think of your spouse. Uh, something positive, not, oh, I wish my spouse looked that good, because that's not productive. Uh, teach your brain to redirect your attention back to the one you vowed to love and devote all your romantic attention to. Uh, This works. Uh, Neuroplasticity, which is the ability for our brains to reprogram and rewire themselves, uh, is frankly amazing. Uh, But it takes time to build these new neural pathways, and it takes effort. You have to be conscious about making your brain change. One of the supporters in our forum suggested making a list of things that you like about your spouse and then tell her one every day. Uh, Our brains are wired in such a way that we tend to believe the things that we say. We don't like to be liars. So if we say something, uh, our brain will try to change reality to make what we said true if possible. So if you're verbally saying the things that you are attracted about uh, to your spouse, your brain will focus on that attention and will actually start to notice those things more and be more attracted to those things. As a side note, uh, those of you who say a lot of negative things about yourself, um, this works in the same way. Uh, if you say negative things about yourself, your brain will take that and want to make it true and will actually make yourself worse to mit- to match the things that you are saying. Neuroplasticity is a very, uh, very strong force in our brains, uh, and it's something that we need to be aware of. Uh, we can use it for good, and unfortunately, we can use it for bad. And there's a lot of people that use it for really bad ways unintentionally. So just be aware of that. Our second tip uh, is to find other ways to build intimacy. Uh, marriages are holistic relationships. That is, that every part of the relationship interacts and affects every other part. So if your sexual intimacy and desire is waning for your spouse, um, there's a good chance that the rest of it is going as well. The corollary of this is that if you improve intimacy in other areas, your sexual intimacy and subsequent attraction will also improve. So if you want to improve your sexual attraction, find other ways to connect uh, more to improve other types of attraction. You know, you can play games together, you can talk, go out, read a book together and discuss it. Maybe pick a book on marriage, uh, find a new hobby together. Uh, start walking every evening and talk during the walks. You'll find things to experience life together. Uh, find ways to live more connected and intertwined lives rather than parallel housemate lives. Uh, start texting each other every day just to see how they're doing and let them know that you love them. And um, there are so many things that you can do. If you don't know what to talk about, uh, my friend Keely has a book on marriage conversation starters, which I'll link to in the blog post. And uh, it's a good starter. It's, it's something that you can talk about. If you specifically want to talk about sex, uh, check out our site. We have our 37 questions for spouses to ask each other about sex. Um, it can help start some of those conversations as well. 
And our next point uh, relates, but I wanted to separate it into its own, and that is to pray together every day. Now, this accomplishes two goals. First, praying together is a great way of building spiritual intimacy, which will impact all the other forms of intimacy by the same holistic property of marriage. But it also has the effect of drawing you closer to God, and two people cannot grow closer to God and further apart from each other. It's simply not possible. As well, you can pray for your marriage together, and that reminds both of you daily that you want to work on it, as well as building community with your spouse and a shared goal, getting daily encouragement and validation that your spouse is also working on their end of this. Also, uh, pray by yourself for your marriage. Uh, I don't think God minds if we stack up requests like that. Uh, ask God, for God to change your heart, to give opportunities to grow, uh, and then get ready because prayers like that, uh, prayers that ask God for opportunities for you to grow, they tend to have uncomfortable, but ultimately good consequences. Number four uh, is to talk about sex. Uh, having young kids is hard. Uh, we are just starting to get out of the phase after that phase after being in it for 13 years now. Uh, for over 10 years, Christina was either pregnant or breastfeeding, and for a decade, uh, we've been getting up every night with a kid. Actually, we still do, as one of ours has nearly nightly asthma attacks, and we don't remember what a solid night sleep is anymore. So sex can definitely be kind of start to be put on the back burner in favor of things like house care, child work, or sleep. And it's not a big problem so long as you are communicating about it and on the same page. What unfortunately tends to happen is that sex gets backburnered without discussion and one spouse is not okay with it and that starts a rift that continues to grow as long as it's not addressed effectively. One of our supporters suggested having a conversation that uh, starts by saying something about, you know, how you want to have a good sex life and how you want to remember that your husband and wife uh, and were so before you became parents, uh, and that you love them as a spouse, not just as a, you know, a parent to their child or as someone who helps with the housework. Uh, so our next tip, uh, number five is to actively maintain positive sentiment override. Uh, so negative sentiment override is when you start attributing negative motivations to anything someone does or says, uh, for example, they could ask, can you take out the garbage? And you immediately assume that they're making a comment about how you haven't done it yet or calling you lazy or saying you should have done this already, you know, something negative. Um, maybe they get up and leave the room to get a glass of water and you assume they've left because they're angry or they don't want to be around you. Negative sentiment override is a dangerous place to be at in your marriage. Uh, if you notice yourself in this spot, um, please get some help. Uh, I can offer coaching on this. Uh, I've worked with lots of couples who kind of get out of this pattern. Uh, if not, go find a counselor, a Christian counselor, preferably uh, someone who's trained. Uh, some pastors can help with this, but a lot of them frankly can't. Uh, they don't have the training and a lot of them are experiencing these issues in their own marriages as well. So unless your pastor has specific training in this, uh, I would go find somebody else who has training and experience. So positive center sentiment override is the opposite of this. Uh, it, it is attributing positive motivations to anything someone says or does, in this case, your spouse. So when they do, do or say something, you look for reasons uh, that it shows that they love you. 
And this goes hand in hand with point number six, which is look for things to be grateful for. In relationships and in marriages in particular, we tend to grow accustomed to certain things and take them for granted. For example, my wife comes to bed naked every night. That doesn't mean we have sex every night, but it means that we have some naked cuddle time every night at least. Then she gets dressed and then we go to sleep. Now, it would be easy for me to get used to it and not appreciate that she does this. Uh, It's half habit for her, but I know that she still actively makes the choice to get naked before getting into bed, and I know she does it for me. And I actively choose to be grateful for it. I recognize it's uh, quote-unquote work that she puts into our relationship every night because she knows it's important to me. And to be honest, I probably need to express that gratitude more. But the first step that I'm trying to get at today is that you need to internally feel that gratitude first. And that simple internal recognition uh, helps improve your feelings and your interest for your spouse. Now, you might say, but my spouse doesn't come to bed naked, and then you've completely missed the point. The point is, I'd almost guarantee your spouse does some things regularly for you that maybe you aren't appreciating. If she isn't, then there are two possibilities. Uh, The first is she's not doing anything for you, in which case you probably need professional help. Um, uh, The second is, and more likely, you're actively hardening your heart towards her so that you won't see them, and that's on you. That's getting into that negative sentiment override that we talked about before. And our final tip is to have more sex. Now, this may be counterintuitive for some people, but our bodies are designed to want more sex the more we have sex. And I'm going to step on some toes here, but I think that's another reason why solo masturbation is problem even if you're single. You're gearing your body up for sex that shouldn't be happening yet. As well, our bodies are designed so that we bond to the person we're having sex is, which is why premarital sex is problematic. Having sex makes chemical changes to our brain to make more positive attributions to our partner. Uh, Oxytocin makes us feel more bonded. Dopamine makes us feel like we're winning in our relationship. Uh, Vasopressin makes us feel like we want to protect the relationship. Uh, There was this study done, uh, I'm afraid I don't remember who did it, that people in happy relationships objectively rate their attractiveness of their partner higher and the attractiveness of other potential partners lower. So in other words, when we're having uh, frequent sex or we're having a happy, successful relationship with our spouse, our brain is less likely to focus on other people. So the fact that your sex drive is going into overdrive when other women walk by, that tells me there's a major issue in your relationship. Uh, Something is happening that uh, your brain is not getting this effect. And that probably means there's some fundamental issue in your marriage or in your mindset that needs to be addressed. So on the topic of having more sex, if need be, start scheduling sex uh, and make sex good for both spouses, uh, whatever that means for the two of you. You have to have a conversation about what that is. Uh, For some, that means that everyone has at least one orgasm every time. For others, it may mean something completely different. Uh, Talk about it and figure out what good, satisfying sex means for the both of you. So there you go. There are seven uh, kind of tips on how to stay interested in your marriage long term. My wife and I are approaching our 18th anniversary, and I'd say I'm just as interested, if not more so, as the years go by. As we grow closer, I'm finding new depths to her personality and our relationship that are 
they're intriguing and exciting. Monogamy doesn't need to result in monotony, uh, quite the opposite, in fact. It can get more interesting and exciting as you grow closer together and build more trust and respect, leading to a will- willingness to be more vul- vulnerable and to know and be more fully known by our spouse. Uh, I think that is the adventure that awaits Christian marriages. So I hope you can use these tips uh, to yeah, bring your own marriage into that kind of wonderful adventure. Uh, if you have follow-up questions, feel free to email me or you can post them in the comments below uh, or you can write another anonymous question. And if anyone else listening has a question, uh, you can ask it either by emailing me at j at uncoveringintimacy.com or going to our have a question page and submit it there anonymously or you can just write a comment below or you can join our supporters forum and you can ask questions there we often discuss things every day there's some new conversation starting almost and then you can get uh, ideas from a whole community of people that you know are sex positive uh, christian and focused on their marriage and that's it for today Uh, talk to you next time